0: Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is Episode 98, John and Wendy talk of Olga Peeler. I'm your host, John.
1: And I'm Wendy. How are you, John?
0: Wendy, I am doing really well. Got through the holiday season yeah. totally intact, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, hope <laughs> yeah. you did, too. I know. Yeah. I know you're already fighting the snow. And while we yeah. have not talked weather in a long time, if you can believe this, in Virginia... On December 30, when we are recording this show, warmest day in Richmond history, it was 73 today.
1: Oh, my gosh. Insane.
0: And you're dealing with eight inches of snow.
1: Eight inches of snow, 20 degrees.
0: (laughs) Can you believe it, folks? We're talking about the weather. We haven't done that, what, in like a year? It's been
1: over a year that. It's been a long time. Which is fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, hey, listen, there are a couple really exciting things going on. Mm -hmm. First thing I wanted to talk about was the... Actually, as of coming up like this coming Sunday, when the show comes Mm, out, our first new chat of 2019.
1: First chat of 2019. We have a guest host. um, And actually, it's our first crossover. No, it's not our first crossover chat. I take that back because we did do some next chat. But this is our first crossover with Job Hunt chat. How fun is that?
0: I'm really excited about this. Nicole Roberts, our pal at yeah. my conference pal for life is going to be joining us. And, you know, like we talked about when we announced we were going to be doing the second chat, I really see it as an opportunity for us to work with uh, our friends and those that have been yeah. involved in chats in some way. They were one of the first groups I thought of because job hunt chat has been so successful and mm-hmm. such a, a great part of the community. So I'm really excited that we're able to to do this and kick off this new chat in that way. And I'll tell yeah. you, Wendy, the feedback I've gotten so far, I know people are really excited. I'm really excited. I know you're excited too. Oh, yeah. And Just ready to get this thing going <laughs> and, and, and see where we go because I know we've got, it's hard to believe, you know, 12 more topics to, to come up yeah. with. But that's the great thing about having co-hosts and, and help is that they were- <laughs> The only way I would have done it. <laughs> <right now. It's laughs> the
1: only way.
0: I think it's a tremendous opportunity yeah. for the community and for us. No, and, for sure. Just very excited. So for those of you who've never taken part in job hunt chat, you'll be able to check it out with us yep. and then check out their chat, which is Monday evenings at nine PM yeah. Eastern time.
1: So bat That's we'll uh, great, back great to back conversation. To back, to back. back to Absolutely. Back
0: to back the other exciting thing is after what seems I know it's not <laughs> been a year, but we've talked about it quite a bit. We have. Yep. Your new venture is finally launching.
1: Yeah. Um, Maggie's podcast uh, after Girl Scouts will be coming out um, in early January. Um, as of this recording, we are still in the middle of editing and all of that fun stuff. But we have a preview episode coming out as a special episode of HR Social Hour. Putting that on on the 6th. Is that correct?
0: It'll be out right. It'll be the episode that comes out okay. right before this one, right
1: before this one. And so you will get to hear a preview of um, Maggie, Harriet and Chloe. We had a great time recording. They were a little nervous to be on the other side of the table and having questions asked to them. Uh, but they did a fantastic job. And uh, so I'm, I'm ex- so excited that we're getting this out and uh, it's been, uh, it feels like it's been, we've been working on it for a long time, but uh and they, they did a fantastic job. I think you're going to love all of the guests that we had. Um, some of our previous guests, um, Sarah Noel Wilson joined us, Rhonda Taylor, um, Gemma Toth um, all joined us and were just fantastic episodes for us. So um, looking forward to sharing those with you guys really soon. Um, we've got a Facebook page, so be sure to like that and um, join us uh, for this little venture.
0: Wendy, I'll tell you, I, I'm excited to hear it because yeah. I, I just think it's great that young people are going into this medium and doing it, finding something that, that I think could be really valuable for them. But I think also for these folks that you're talking to, to maybe stir those memories up yeah. or give them some perspective as to how they could be helping that next generation of young ladies that are. Yeah, engaged in scouts. I, I think it's, I think it's awesome.
1: It's just phenomenal interviews. Um, we had, again, we had a lot of fun and one of my favorite parts of the interview um, that when I interviewed the girls was one of the girls was like, yeah, I need to start checking out these podcasts because this was a lot of fun. So we've, we're, we're hooking them in early.
0: <laughs> if you haven't listened to that show yet, if you're listening to this one, you haven't listened to that show that came out earlier, take a listen to that be on the lookout for when that show launches, it will be on its own feed, but Wendy yep. will will make sure that we share that out there. And then, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this as the show comes out, join us for the chat Sunday night as we celebrate the kickoff of this new adventure for us.
1: <laughs> so, much yeah, we, <laughs> so much going on. We've talked
0: so much going on. We've talked quite a bit, and I regret that from the standpoint we need to get to our guest because yes, she okay. has been very very patient with us. Really excited to be talking to Olga. Seems like kind of burst on the scene and has uh-huh. been so engaged and. I know you had a chance to visit with her before the recording, and so I'm going to stop talking and let you make the introduction. We'll get started.
1: Oh, yeah. Super excited to welcome Olga Peeler to the show. She is a lifelong learner and a member of Team Human and cares deeply about connecting and learning more about other humans. She has spent the last almost two decades helping people during the worst time of their lives after the death of a loved one by being a team member at Making Everlasting Memories a software-as-a-service platform that aids funeral homes and staff in the personalization of the services they provide to honor a life. Through her tenure at Making Everlasting Memories, Olga has held all kinds of customer-facing roles and currently is their Director of Program and Business Development. She is also the Founder and Chief Ignite Officer of myy.io, an organization driven to removing obstacles that get in an organization's way to fulfill its purpose, through an integrated approach focused on reducing the gap that exists within an organization's aspirational values, its purpose, and practiced values, organizational health and culture. Well, Olga, welcome. Thank you for taking time with us tonight. Our first question is what's in your glass?
2: Hi, guys. Thank you. I am holding a cold bottle of yangling light. (laughs) I am a, a beer girl and I Say that Yingling is was my gateway to craft beer. <laughs> I
1: haven't had a Yingling in a long time. Yeah,
0: the oldest brewery in America that's still running.
1: Yes, and it, it, that's now, right. Now I'm going to
0: ask you this, since I don't think they have it. You're in Cincinnati, right?
2: Yes, yes. Can
0: you get Yingling ice cream there?
2: I don't think so.
0: Same family, but not the huh. brewery. It's a different. It's, it's the Yinglings as a different branch of the Yingling family that owns a creamery in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. And has ice cream. Sadly, they do not have a beer flavored ice cream. I've looked. So just <laughs> for the record, in case anybody out there has seen it, you know, Olga, like I said, we're, we're really excited to have you with us and excited that you've become part of our community. And, you know, typically I ask people how you got an HR, but we know that you're not in the HR field, but <laughs> you got really involved in our community on Twitter this year. What drew you in to get engaged in that way?
2: Yeah, I, you know, it was, it was funny because I, uh, you guys know, uh, Paul did this article on the HR influencer and uh, philosopher. And I did ask him, I said, by the way, I'm not in HR. And, and he was surprised to hear that. And I never intentionally, uh, set out to, uh, get into the community specifically of HR per se. Or as you guys have seen over the past few months, I, I am just deeply interested and driven by topics and conversations surrounding how can we be better as people? Uh, how can we provide environments where those around us and ourselves can flourish? So when I joined Twitter in June of this year, I'm a, I'm a recent uh, Twitter member. I did it with the purpose of engaging and learning more about uh, how to do that in organizations. How can we create conditions that allow for the innate potential of individuals to manifest? And lo and behold, The conversation was happening in HR circles in which you guys are the heartbeat of it. And, uh, so I tapped into those and, and I started joining the conversation and, and that's kind of how it all got started. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. To me, when I look at the world of HR, I see these HR almost like living inside a paradox that builds tension. Within two sides of a scale, if you kind of have, have that visual, like the human side and the resource side, the human is like this world of high variability and low volume. Uh, and I say that because you know we're all unique, hence all the all this variability. But there's only just one of us, <laughs> so the the low volume. And and the word that I I see reflected in this world is investment. And then you have the resource side. That is a world of processes and scale, uh, where it's low variability and high volume. So we leverage resources by standardizing through processes, and that's hence the the low variability. And then that's kind of how we scale up as organizations. So we are able to churn high volume through this. And then the word that I associate with this is is cost uh, or cost reduction? So it's it to me is this very intricate world uh, in tension with each other. But but you need both. I believe that the resource side and the processes and standardization practices have taken over and maybe dominated the focus for some HR organizations for a long, long time. And I think that's maybe hurt HR teams in terms of how they can actually. Be more engaged in, in when it comes to the business strategy. And, and I see that being needed more and more again, as part of the conversations that we're all having together. Uh, when you start to talk about progressive organizations that are understanding sort of this paradoxical tension and starting to rebalance and, and tilting the scale more towards the human side. And, you know, we call them people centric organizations. And I do think that HR teams are, and if they're not, they ought to be, the strategic partners to the C-suite to help successful, people-centric, purpose-driven, performance-oriented organizations. I, I think HR is in the midst of it all.
1: I think you're hitting it all on the head. It's just so rare that you see somebody from the business side Recognize those things. I think we're seeing more now. People are getting a little bit more open to it. Their eyes are opening up to seeing the value that HR brings. It's usually, it's kind of a rare thing for um, someone to gravitate towards it on their own, like you have. So I, a lot of people who fall into HR are um, kind of, oh, probably shown that way based on happenstance or who they work for. Uh, You know, when I was doing customer service, Mm -hmm. my, My supervisor's wife worked in recruitment and, you know, boom, boom, boom. Now, 20 years later, here I am still in talent acquisition. So I think that for someone to seek it out on their own, I think that's one of those rare things. So,
2: Yeah, like for me, organizationally, to me, HR is the glue that binds the business strategy with the people strategy. And as a leader, selfishly, in my organization, I need that partnership to take place for all of us to be successful. I think that some of the conversations that HR is uh, being engaged in need to change. I, I, I'm I going to make a generalization, but currently... Uh, I, at least within my organization, sometimes a lot of the conversations that HR gets involved in are more like fire extinguishing conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, as like, where, okay, uh, we're viewing the, our HR team members as custodians of the policies and the rules, and they shine the light on you when things are not being done according to the standard. And, and so then what happens is the conversation around the water cooler becomes, oh, you don't want HR involved, or, oh, did you see that Susie's here today? And oh, my gosh, I wonder what happened or who's in trouble or what kind of Armageddon is falling down on our department. And to me, that's a symptom of having only been involved on one side of that paradox that I, that I was kind of talking about at the beginning. But I tr- I truly believe that there are richer conversations that HR team members need to participate on. And really, they involve being proactive and engaged in what are our organizational strategies, so hence that relationship and partnership with the C-suite, uh, so that they can help deliver them by defining the people strategy. And really, with this focus on employee experience, that is becoming more and more and more critical as we move forward. To I know the word future future of work, it's it's kind of in vogue that sentence, but to me, it's really the present of work. I I think of a Steve Brown a lot with this, and and you know he talks about HR and connection, and to me, that's the key in terms of okay, we need to shift the conversations from these fire extinguishing to the connection conversations. It's understanding. Who are the people within our organization? What are their goals? What are their values? Their aspiration? What's important to them so that we can really understand the, the internal talent that we have inside of, of our teams so that we can help, uh, again, with this career intelligence and rescaling, upskilling jobs as we understand what, what jobs are going to grow or shrink in the upcoming years and really support our internal mobility in, within our organizations. And I think that's a key function of HR and our team members on, can't do it without them.
1: For sure. No, totally agree with that. And I think that's probably why you've been able to mold yourself into this community so well. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're thinking along the same lines as the rest yeah. of us, which is, which is fantastic. Earlier this year, you founded MyWhy. So tell us a little bit about what led you to start this journey. Actually, I created my
2: why on June second of this year to be a specific. So yes, John, when you say that, I just popped out all the sign, and it is true. It's 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 literal and true, and it really from a place of feeling very lost and really asking myself that question of why am I here and what's my why. And if you kind of backtrack to about a year ago, a uh, little bit over November of 2018, I was I was attending a, a women's leadership conference uh, that had been put together by my parent company. And the last day of the conference, one of our senior leaders, who's been a mentor and a sponsor for me, she pulled me aside and, and we kind of sat down and she said, Olga, what's going on with you? You have lost your spark and I'm I'm actually worried about you. So she kind of called me out right there. And here I thought I had done such a great job at, at hiding, it, you know, the mask and the armor. And and uh, I opened up to her and I just told her I, I was feeling lost and empty and unfulfilled and, and not very challenged. And I really didn't know what to do, which that's that's where the I think where I was really struggling with because I had done everything I was supposed to do. I had checked all the right boxes. And here I found myself mid career, mid life. And all of a sudden, as I look ahead on, on the, what's left of my runway, which is still kind of long, <laughs> there were not many more boxes to check or things to chase. And I kind of then had to just sit with what I had done and live with it. And. And really, there they were great boxes. I have a great family, beautiful home, great team members. I work for a great company. So all, they were really good boxes. But when I thought of the next 20 plus years until the next box, the thought of it felt very unbearable to me. And I didn't understand really what my problem was. I kept fighting this feeling of being unfulfilled and empty constantly. So the next question she asked me then, of course, is, well, what do you want to do? And I was like a deer with the headlights on. Like I didn't know to me. I knew inside, you know, how, Hey, you're not supposed to complain and not have a problem or you don't just bring up problems. You, you got to bring up solutions. So I felt very uncomfortable with not knowing how to answer that question. Uh, I didn't think that. I don't know was something that an intelligent, capable, driven and ambitious human should be saying. So I feel I feel inadequate about it. And and also I just I guess I didn't know what else I could do. So I had been working since I had been working on the same company for so long, I, I just didn't know who else would want me, what else can I do? So I I was like, okay, well, I'll just hanker down and I'll just start figuring out what do I want to do and naturally kind of thinking through things that were similar roles or things. As to what I had done before. So I really started reading more and more regarding customer loyalty and retention marketing, you know, because that was really a direct offshoot of what I was doing with business development. And then from that point of view, all the roads kept leading to the consistency of experiences by the customers each time they interacted with our brand when you then start to peel that onion, you think, okay, well, that consistency of experience is delivered by our frontline employees. And I got very, very interested in that aspect of it, which kind of starts to lead towards culture. In June of this year, then coming up to the June 2nd, then we were at a family vacation in the Bahamas and it was beautiful away from routine. Kids were swimming and, you know, I'm watching them and all of a sudden it hit me guys That the question I was asking myself and I was trying to chase so badly was the wrong question. So the what do you want to do was not the question I should be answering. The question I should be answering was the whole why am I here? Who am I? What's my why? And then I thought, gosh, the second I figure this out, why am I here? Then I'm going to know what I need to do. So I took a step back and I thought, gosh, you know what? An organization is probably not that different from me in the sense of Okay, it gets funded, it gets started, it has a purpose, a dream, aspirations, and a lot of energy, clarity. And then with time, and particularly with successes, it kind of settles and falls into routines. And I had seen this even with our own organization. And then changes in the team uh, as they happen through time and growth, et cetera, it can, unless you're very, very intentional about it, it can actually Make that organization lose its way a little bit and even its spark, just like I had. So without that, then leadership can start to get misaligned. And once leadership, the leadership members are misaligned, then the health of the organization could suffer, which then impacts the culture, which then of course impacts our frontline employees. And then here we are asking them to consistently deliver on a brand experience to their customers so that we can create customer loyalty and retention and all these good things that happen to organizations. And I thought that's what I can do. That's how I can help. I can help identify where is it breaking down? Is it on the purpose side? Is it on the alignment side? Is it on the culture uh, piece? Or is it even on what are actions that really reflect who we are as a company that then we could have our employees, our frontline employees uh, deliver on? So that's really how my why got started. And I even showed the drawing uh, with my kiddos uh, there. And it was my daughter that said, Mom, you should, uh, 12 years old. She's like, Mom, you should drop the H and make it M-Y-W-Y. And that's what I did. So that's that's the whole story about that that journey.
0: Well, Olga, it's still fairly new, really six, seven months in now. Talk a little about what can we expect in 2020 from you when it comes to My Why and what do you see for the blog for training what all the different things you're doing around it what what do you have planned
2: yeah so as you said a lot has happened obviously since june 2019 and and sitting by the ocean in the bahamas <laughs> so for one uh, i think you'll see more participation and engagement from me in these type of conversations as well as more intentional involvement in gatherings like HR roundtables. I'm, I'm actually privileged enough, as we talked at the beginning, to be here in Cincinnati and can participate on the events that Steve Brown actually puts together, like how lucky I am. So I, I want to be part of of more of that. And, you know, who knows that I, I know uh, srem 2020 in San Diego is happening. So I don't know. I, I just I just I believe leadership and HR are tightly coupled. And I really want to continue to Build bridges, connection, and conversation between those two areas.
1: That's awesome, and I, I know we're going to see you in, out there a lot, 2020. So very excited to to see where where you lead us, Olga. It is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is our half-hour question connection. So our first question is who was your first professional mentor and what was the most important or impactful thing you learned from them? I have to
2: say Dr. Susan Davis. So she was my professor when I was uh, in college uh, and she helped as I was doing my research for my honors thesis. I was a psychology major. I was uh, doing a cognitive. And and you know what she taught me was what to be a servant leader. She role model what it was to care and to really She took me in over the summer between my junior and senior year. I actually lived at her house so I could actually continue my research. My family, I'm originally from Spain, so my family was in Spain and she took it upon herself to help me as I was applying for grad school to drive me to different colleges so that I could visit. And she believed in me and Showed me what it is to actually care for those that you have the privilege to lead, and uh, was an, an incredible example of of what that is.
0: Olga, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know?
2: Minda Hartz, the author of the memo. I think uh, we need to hear her voice and understand the experiences that Black and Brown women are experiencing in the workplace, and help
1: be better allies for them. Wholeheartedly agree with that. She is fantastic. So Olga, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now?
2: I I would tell myself a lot of things. Obviously, to believe in myself, to to maybe be bolder and not not walk muted through life. So embrace my own strengths and and be bolder. But really, to be very aware of whose opinions of myself I seek. So, you know, Brené Brown and they listen to, to the man in the arena uh, to start to identify really who's in the arena with me or for me and listen to those voices and not those of the ex- spectators or the audience.
0: Olga, how do you enjoy giving back to your community?
2: I, I think I'm by default a caregiver. I, I do care for others. I, I am a big believer that we can change the world one interaction at a time. And, and I was challenged on this once and said, Oh yeah, well, how are you going to do that? And I just said, you know, if we can just leave people better than we found them every time they interact with us, we are accomplishing that. That's how I guess how I, I give back to my community is just one interaction at a time. What's your favorite movie? Dumb and Dumber. Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> Best movie wow. ever made. It's quotable. It's yes.
1: <laughs> and don't get me going because <laughs> I'll start. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone said Dumb and Dumber yet.
2: Dumb and Dumber. Yep.
0: <laughs> how about your favorite musician or band?
2: That that you know that's not so hands down. I I do like a, a lot of different types of music. If I had to, I don't. If I had to pick one, maybe Taylor Swift or maybe Ed Sheeran. Maybe they could duke it out, and Maroon Five could come in and try to help somewhere in there. <laughs>
1: um, how about a favorite TV show?
2: Currently, I would have to say Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We just finished the third season. I, I think it's very clever. I laugh a lot. Uh, classics, from the classics, I would pick Seinfeld. You could pick it up anytime. I know, you know, when you're in the hotel, I know, uh, John, you mentioned a hotel watching is like The Office or uh, Big Bang Theory. For me, Seinfeld, because it doesn't matter which episode it is, you kind of know. So you just kind of pick it up wherever they are at and, and just know the, the plot.
0: All good is fair to say. We've not had anybody say "dumb and dumber." I think that's excellent. We've also never n- <laughs> never had anybody pose that their favorite musicians get into a fight. So I think that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. I think they should have mean Taylor
0: Swift, Maroon Five, and Ed Sheeran. I'm going with Ed I'm Sheeran. going with Tay Tay the whole Sheeran. way. Yeah, she's just magical. Apparently,
1: yeah. And yeah, then for sure. I have she's to say, I,
0: I just finished Mrs. <laughs> Maisel season three as well. That show is so well done very smart very well written and i appreciate the fact that it did not end on a high note this season that it, you know that she yeah that reality kind of struck because it seems like she's had a very while what she is doing is certainly not easy to be a woman in that time being a comedian she certainly has seemed to get it pretty easy along the way and i'm glad to see that she's now dealing with some stuff based on it just it seems a little more grounded i guess so i, I was Play. Sorry that it yeah. happened, but it's, it's interesting yeah. to see. And it'll be interesting to see what they do in season four with that. If you're not watching Dumb and Dumber, if you're not listening to those bands that are going to duke it out, and if you're not watching Mrs. Maisel or Seinfeld, what else do you like to do outside of work?
2: I'm a big reader. And now I would say uh, sleep because <laughs> I've been doing a lot lately. So sleep is always good. And uh, I, I love camping, you guys. I want an RV so bad. And my family will not help me in this quest of, of me getting my RV. So instead, uh, last Christmas, not this Christmas, but last Christmas, I got a tent. And I think they thought they were going to shut me up. <laughs> and they, okay, we'll call her bluff. But uh, I am uh, making go tent camping with me. I look forward to uh, this summer, spring summer, when the weather starts to change to do it again.
1: Very fun. Love camping. We love it here, but I also love my air mattress. So <laughs> I don't sleep on the ground anymore. <laughs> Olga, our last question is usually if you weren't in the HR profession, what do you think you'd be doing? But you're not in the HR profession. You're a little bit different. So I'm, I'm going to like switch it up a little bit. So if you could do anything in the world, any job, money's no object. What would you do? Professionally,
2: you know, I think that's the the question that I spent the past almost year answering. In some ways, I guess I, <laughs> I would do my why. I guess I would be in HR. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I'm I think I'm on on my path to do that. That I obviously being involved with people and uh, in any in any kind of capacity and potential and and kind of creating conditions and environments where where people flourish where where we, we we can do better in our companies in our families in our communities and I would be a human resource person you guys hold the key
0: Olga typically we always say we're glad you're doing what you're doing because if you didn't we wouldn't be talking to you I appreciate the fact that you have gotten so involved in our community not being a practitioner and I appreciate so much your energy and what you're doing and, and trying to make things better for, for your organization and for others. I'm sure there are going to be some of the listeners out there that didn't know you before, but now that they do, they're going to want to get in touch. What's the best way for them to reach you out there?
2: I'm all in all social platforms. You could look for me at Olga Peeler, P-I-E-H-L-E-R. And obviously, I'm very engaged in Twitter. And uh, I, I do love connecting with people. And having meaningful connections, not just, you know, superficial ones, or that, you know, I think we're all like a, in the introduction, I, we're all part of Team Human. And every chance we get to get to know another one of our team members, it's truly a gift and a privilege.
0: We will have that in the show notes. And, Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for the listeners to reach you out there?
1: Best way to reach me is always my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily D as in dog, A I L E Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice monthly Twitter chats, hashtag HR Social Hour. So hopefully we'll all see you there. How about you, John?
0: HRSocialHourPodcast.Podbean.com. Top left-hand side of the screen, three little lines, open them up. You'll find access to all my contact information there. And while you're there, if there's an episode you haven't heard, Take a listen. Download, listen, rate, review, share anything and everything you do to help us boost the signal. We always appreciate. I'm going to throw a plug out there again. If you've listened this far and you are an international listener, please contact us. We'd like to send you a gift, and yes. I will keep putting that out there. We continue to celebrate as we keep picking up new countries in our download family. Please reach out to us. We'd like to we'd love to talk and to get something to you there. So again, Olga, appreciate you being with us tonight. So for the HR Social Hour half hour podcast, I'm John,
1: and I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect,
0: give back, and
1: network. Network.
0: Take care, everybody.
1: We'll see you soon.